Hey, it's Rob and welcome to Success Unlocked, helping you to build a happier, more confident, fulfilled, motivated and truly successful life, whatever success means to you. Today I am joined by Mark Deeks. For over 20 years he's worked as a musical director for various community singing groups and then since 2018 he's actually run his own called Sing United with more than 150 singers and its own fundraising wing as well. He loves to help and inspire ordinary people just like me or you to get involved with music but he's also worked with celebrities, people like the BBC and artists like Lindisfarne. Now is the author of Not Another Piano Book, available on Amazon and his website right now. And on top of all of that, he's got a PhD in extreme heavy metal music. Today, we are going to talk about the inspiring power that learning a musical instrument can have on your mindset, mental health, and actually driving you forward, even if you've never thought about it. Now, if that sounds good to you, make sure you smash the subscribe button on the podcast. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then hit the like button too and the little notification bell so you'll never miss out on a single episode of Success Unlocked. Now, just before I speak to Mark, I've got a really special invitation for you. I've literally just started a brand new, totally free Facebook community to hang out and talk about all things success. We'll talk about ha- happiness, confidence, motivation, habits, goal setting, achievement, and becoming the perfect version of you. It's an ideal place to ask questions, help other people, strike up amazing friendships, and make big changes too. So come and hang out. Just open a web browser and go to successunlock.com forward slash group. That will automatically forward you over to the Facebook group. All you need is a free Facebook account. So let's start the show. This is Success Unlocked, where we uncover what it really takes to become the happiest, most confident, motivated, and truly fulfilled version of yourself with advice and inspiration to create your own extraordinary life. Whatever success means to you, it's waiting just around the corner. Yep, we are here every single week sharing tips, advice, ideas and inspiration to help regular people just like me and you to create a truly extraordinary life. This week, Mark, welcome to Success Unlocked. How's it going, man? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. This is going to be awesome. Now, before we get into the core topic of this, which is about piano and music generally, uh, first of all, I want to talk to you about success. What would success look like to you? What's your kind of definition of success in your own life? I think there are many of us who are perfectionists who perhaps in some ways never feel like we achieve success and find it difficult to recognize success. But I think as you get older, I've, I've certainly found that I've where, where once I would have just dismissed anything I'd achieved as really success because I was always looking to the next thing. I think it, with age and experience, sometimes you find it, <clears throat> it gets a little easier to acknowledge when you do achieve success and what success looks like can of course be anything, you know, it, it doesn't need to be millions of pounds in the bank or a, a huge mansion. It, I guess it just comes down to what makes you feel better. What makes you happy? What, what's important to you and your, your partner, your family or, or your friends. And um, yeah, so I think it's a very, very individual thing, but I think the, the, the trick is to, to learn to acknowledge it. And certainly I found that I was once never very good at that and I'm perhaps slightly better than I used to be. <laughs> we can all only try and be slightly less crap than we were yesterday. At this Absolutely. Stuff. I love it. So obviously you've had a heck of a career in music. You've done lots of stuff. That's had lots of variety with it from writing like musical comedies and all kinds of other stuff. But somewhere along that journey uh, of learning music yourself, piano specifically, and then running choirs and all sorts of other stuff, you decided that you wanted to help other people to learn to play the piano and learn music. What actually inspired you to want to kind of further other people's education as well as just doing it yourself? I guess the strange thing was I was teaching piano when I was 15. Oh, so wow. I, I, 
I, I'd started playing on piano when I was five and it sort of came really naturally to me. So it was just the thing I knew how to do at first. Um, and, and because I kind of uh, got such a kick out of it, I thought well, I just sort of wanted to, as, it, as I say, a young person sort of start to show other people. I think what's what's become increasingly apparent to me, perhaps only in recent years, is that there is starting, <clears throat> excuse me, starting to develop a theme in, in some of the things that I do. So um, I, I just like putting together big projects. I like bringing together lots of lots of people, and that sort of tends to involve, I guess, somebody has to sort of lead it and have the sort of creative idea and stop being musicians or be you know Joe Blogs public who get involved in some of my community projects and and the charity uh, aspect that you mentioned I, I i just like having creative ideas and so I, whether it's sort of leading or teaching or passing on knowledge i think it's a combination of all of those above i just like getting involved and bringing together as many different people as i can um quite often from eclectic backgrounds and eclectic musical backgrounds as you mentioned um it's just, it's what I know how to do. I, I found over the years that I, I, I seem to be able to put music in a wide range of languages in terms of if I'm dealing with a, you know, conducting an orchestra, I can speak orchestral language to orchestral, you know, classical musicians. And if I'm teaching, um, you know, or not, inverted commas, ordinary members of the public how to sing in a choir, I can, I can put it, break it down into playing English. And, you know, I play in black metal bands and I can speak metal, you know, so <laughs> I kind of, I'm, I'm able to transfer. And I've sort of, someone once called me like a communicator, a whisperer, kind of music whisperer. I'm able to sort of switch between languages. And so it just seems to be quite natural to me to have conversations with people about music. And by default, I end up sort of trying to, trying to help them. I love that. And some people, obviously, there's lots of lots of things in life, not just music, but lots of things in life where people think, well, I couldn't possibly ever do that. Like, that's never yeah. a thing that's going to be for me. And some people think of a musical instrument or singing or whatever as being for musical people. Like, there are musical people and I'm not yeah. a musical person, therefore I can't do it. Or they think that you're either into it or you're not. Like, you got into it at like five, which we'll talk about. But what's your take on this idea that I could never do that? That's not going to work for me. That is one of the central things I talk about and I just spend my life knocking over those boundaries and, and trying to prove to people that they can. I think that the fundamental theme is that the reason that people have these um, impressions is that it's, they are consciously or not measuring themselves against what a professional would do. Right. So I always use the example in that myself and my wife took up running three years ago to try and get a little bit physically healthier and mentally healthier, <clears throat> maybe lose a bit of weight like you do. And we would never have taken the first step had we measured ourselves against an Olympic athlete. We would have thought there was no point. And so we would have missed out on all of the benefits it's brought us over the last three years. Right. Even though we are better than we were when we started, obviously, we're still in comparison to a professional athlete, rubbish. But we're much better than we were and we've had lots of spin-off benefits from it. And so when people say, oh, I can't sing or I could never play piano, I always say, well, we, that's because you are measuring yourself against your CD collection at home or your Spotify playlist because you've got this idea of what professional music sounds like and you are subconsciously mapping out how far you are from that from point A to point B, which, of course, is nonsense because you're not trying to become a professional piano player or professional singer. You're trying to tinker a few notes for 10 or 15 minutes after you put the kids to bed or sing a few songs with your friends in a choir or, or whatever it is adults are very very guilty for whether they are realizing it or not mapping themselves out against what they know is possible 
and forgetting all of the benefits of the, you know, the million steps in between. They're not trying to get to that point. They've got a different endpoint, and that endpoint is often a lot closer, which means that there is a point into doing it. Yeah, that's really cool. Obviously, in the world of self-development and self-improvement, we talk about this comparison syndrome a lot. And one of the things, it's actually uh, it's actually amplified in the world of, pardon the pun, it's amplified in the world of music because, um, like, it's not an everyday thing that you sort of have to get on with. So in everyday life, we have to be good at socialising with people. And if you're not very good at socialising with people, you compare yourself to people who are good with socialising with people and you feel like you're inhibited in some way. But with music or piano, you don't have to do it. Like, it's not something you really have to try and do. And therefore, it's easier to say, well, actually, piano's for the for the successful or music is for the successful. It's for the talented. It's for the musical. It's for the celebrities. It's for whoever. Um, but it's definitely not for me. So that's really cool. In fact, you work with lots of people who love to play piano, but they don't have this aspiration of being some sort of global music superstar. They're, they're doing it for fun. But that has a really big positive impact on mental health, right? Absolutely. I mean, so people who have no ambitions to play piano, um, uh, other than to amuse themselves, are my ideal client. They're the people who, um, as I say, come in from work, they've had a hard day, they want to unwind for 10 or 15 minutes as an alternative to you know, yoga or sitting in front of Netflix or whatever it is people do to chill out. <clears throat> These are people who will be, um, I, I, I try and encourage them to have like a sort of childlike sense of adventure and, uh, and amusement. So just enter, entertain themselves and are entertained by the fact that they can get a few notes out of the piano. It's a recognizable tune. And whether, however, you know, comparison it is to professional music, however basic it is, it doesn't matter because the, as you said, the mental health benefits are considerable in terms of relaxation, in terms of de-stressing, in terms of I've had clients tell me they sleep better, uh, they feel more focused at work, they feel like they're more present when they're with their kids because they've just had a little bit of pressure eased out of their day. And it really, you know, just 10 or 15 minutes of that is, is enough for most people to, to have that kind of impact. It's great. It has the sort of natural inbuilt concept that has now become known as mindfulness, this idea of having something to really focus on and, and sort of get lost in and, and just and go for, which I really like. And in the book, uh, not another piano book, you talk about the physical and mental health benefits of, of playing piano, even if you haven't like learned what the notes are, right? Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. So there can be all kinds of things. I mean, sometimes you, you hear about elderly people who are continuing to want to play a little bit of piano because they feel it, it helps with, you know, joint problems or arthritis or whatever. Um, people talk about sort of motor neuron um, and just f- feels like it makes them feel sharper. Certainly there's lots of research to do with when people learn, particularly when they're younger, that it can improve mathematical skills and uh, just suppleness in terms of their, their, their movement. Um, yeah, there's all, all, all kinds of benefits. I'm no scientist or doctor. I've just, I, I come into contact with all of these sort of reports from time to time. And the, the, even in terms of going back to the mental health aspects about how there's lots of research. I, I came into contact recently where there's, there's research that says that the less seriously you take the musical hobby, the more relaxed you get right. um, and the more, and therefore you can improve better um, or more quickly because people who are coming back to what we were saying before about comparing themselves to a finished article, if people sort of take it seriously and get wound up that they um, aren't going to be doing X, Y, and Z, um, the enjoyment levels and, and the stress levels, you know, are all to pot. So um, yeah, there's all kinds of, all kinds of benefits that can, that can be associated with doing something like playing the piano that are not 
anything to do with the quality of the music that they produce. Right. I mean, the minute you have some kind of pressured environment, like there's a, there's, it's something competitive or there's a yeah. goal to reach or there's like this big aspiration of being some superstar, then, then obviously that's going to pile that pressure on and that pressure is really going to stop you from being able to really just enjoy it and chill out in the moment. As a kid, I, st- I took keyboard lessons, piano lessons, call it what you will as a kid. I had two piano teachers, a lady called Joy and then a lady called Jeanette, who was the mother of my friend and had a piano teaching place where I lived. And... um I loved being in the piano lessons, uh, but then outside of piano lessons, actually getting my fingers on the keys to, to to practice. Obviously, I was working through my grades. I can't remember how far I got, you know, like the 10 meter badge or something probably. But like I started to work through my through my grades and things. And, but outside of the lessons where there wasn't somebody like holding me down. Uh, and yeah. saying play the keyboard, I just couldn't find the the motivation to go and get my fingers on the keys. What are some sort of things that we can start to do in order to try and give ourselves the motivation to get involved? Because the problem is, what we might find that people fall into the the pianos are not just for Christmas thing. Like they get a piano or an instrument, they feel really good about it for a little while, and then actually life takes over, and suddenly I don't have time to do that anymore. I mean, I was a kid; I definitely had time. I was just making excuses, but loads of people just won't have the time or feel like they don't have the time how can we start to get this as a sort of natural part of our lives well i think that you start with calling it playing not practicing that's what i always tell people to start off with the soon the minute you think you have to inverted commas practice i must do my practice right that immediately sounds like a chore so so an adult who has a busy life with work or family or whatever it is that that's easily getting knocked off the list of things to do if it's playing if it's like i must i, I you know i want to enjoy 10 or 15 minutes before I go to bed um, or whatever it is, <clears throat> then that's way more likely to, to happen. So I tell people to call it playing. I'm going to play the piano for 10 minutes, not practice. Um, I think that um, the most important thing is that it has to be fun. And so one of the reasons that people have a negative association with perhaps learning to play the piano is, that, is they think of it in terms of the lessons they had when they were a child. And of course, if someone is in their 50s, 60s, 70s or 80s even, um, that may well equal classical music. It may well equal nursery rhymes. It may well equal all kinds of traditional scales or exercises that they were made to do that have negative connotations for a lot of people. And most people, without any speaking ill of classical music whatsoever, that's, it's a niche market. And you know, popular music is called popular music for a reason. And right. so if people, if people want to learn to play a piano, there is absolutely nothing um, to be gained um, in making them play Beethoven or Mozart if they're really into the Foo Fighters. I mean, it's just pointless. So let's use the music that people enjoy as a starting point. So, you know, in, inside my membership, I'm teaching people how to play like Coldplay or Elvis or right. know, the Beatles or Beyonce or whatever it is, you know, because this is the music people want to play. If people want to learn to play classical music, I can show them that or they can go and perhaps look, look at plenty of other teachers who are available who specialize in classical stuff. I specialize in pop stuff because I, I think... Um, people in, enjoy that music and that's what they feel an affinity for. Um, and I, so I think that the, the f- first thing to remember, if you if you're, have a negative impression about what it'd be like to learn to play the piano, think about, are you actually thinking about the kind of music that you love? Because if, you, if the kind of music you love is pop and, and you're being made to play classical, then that is just a road to misery. Let's, let's start with, are you coming into content, uh, contact with the content? be it in lessons or videos or whatever it is that is relevant to you that you enjoy. And that's, that's going to motivate, motivate you straight away. 
It's great. And there's some really big lessons to pull out of this to apply to the rest of life aside from music as well. Like sometimes people are that they fear or they dread or they don't want to do a thing, but actually they're thinking about their sort of frame of reference of that thing rather right. than actually what they could do. So like, how could I adapt the thing that seems like it's uh, boring or intimidating or difficult and actually just make it a fun thing to do. Um, so yeah. I, I think that's really cool. And you know, one of my friends, Gary, has this ability, he can't read any music at all uh, and has uh, never had piano lessons, but he can just sort of like listen to a song for a bit and he'll sort of like hash it out on the keyboard a bit but you can tell the thing he's playing sounds like the thing you heard on the cd so he's just sort of found that knack and actually just considers it a fun little mental exercise for himself which is cool yeah yeah. i feel like all of this must i mean music if you look at music if you look at sport if you look at any kind of thing um they all help us to build habits in our life that we can then take and we can start to use outside of that one particular box and that one particular thing as a result of your life in music from the age of five to where you are now would you say there are some really good habits that you or other people you've seen have like built or pulled out of music that allow you to excel in other bits of life that's a good question i don't know i'm I'm actually chronically disorganized in many, in many ways I, I i i'm very much a multitasker even though i know how bad that is for me um but i, I seem unable to find a way to stop myself doing it but i think <clears throat> the sort of the need when you're learning to do something musically the sort of need to for repetition to be able to um master something i think has sort of led um to me to be quite stubborn i, I don't like to be beaten by things um and i think that what <clears throat> When I was a small child, my piano teacher, I'm going to make him sound like a real, real tyrant. He was a beautiful, dear old man. But um, <laughs> he, he used to say, uh, if you can't do something 10 times right in a row, you can't do it. So if, I, if he wanted me to play something and I made a mistake on the ninth time, then it was back to one. And off we went again. And he rarely sort of really enforced that. But that kind of like dedication of habit of like do it again, again, again kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's quite mentally sort of tough to take, particularly when you're a kid. But but um, yeah, probably stood me in good stead. I don't like to be beaten by something. I like that. And there's something about, like with lots of things you're doing, like if you're cutting a hedge and just one bit goes wrong, it's not like you've got to go back and start the hedge again. When you're playing the keyboard and you get like two minutes into a three-minute uh, piece of music you suddenly feel like oh my god i'm nearly there i'm nearly there and then suddenly you mess it up and you're like oh one day i'll get from the beginning to the end so that's really cool as a kid growing up i did magic tricks that was my thing and that was probably what distracted me from being at the piano so i was obsessed with magic from the age of five probably in the way that you were with piano from the age of five and i was always learning to do it and over time my dad was you know was really supportive and would always watch on and, and try and get involved and whatnot and uh, i remember saying you could you could learn to do this sleight of hand magic stuff and he'd say no no i can't i'm too old my fingers won't adapt to the cards fast enough like my fingers won't and obviously when you see people playing the piano playing the keyboard you see fingers going 90 to the dozen both hands that's that's loads of like thinking that's loads of um coordination between left and right there's white keys and black keys and keeping on top of it i bet there are people saying listening to this and saying ah but mark started when he was five i'm 45 or 55 or 75 and this again is going to be a really good lesson for anyone who says i'm too old to do that now i'm too old to start something fresh again whether it's music or something else so how would you address somebody who thinks like that i mean it's just nonsense because <laughs> I, I, I think it comes back to this idea that we are mapping ourselves out against the finished article again so i think i think it's all connected when people say they don't have time when people say that it's too hard when people say that they're too old it all comes down to to if the rest if they were to write the rest of that sentence it would be to become an amazing piano player 
I am too old to become an amazing piano player. Well, yes, but are you too old to be able to play 30 seconds of a Beatles tune and think that you've done a great thing and show your grandkids on Zoom? No, it's absolutely possible. So I think we've got to just over and over again frame the sentence correctly. I've got loads. I've, I've taught people in their 80s and 90s. I, I mean, I've, I've got loads and loads of people. In fact, I would say that there is a, probably a majority of people in my membership who are 50 and 60 and 70, easily. In fact, I once did a sort of straw poll of how many years it had been between someone who, uh, so the members who had had lessons when they were a kid, stopped and then joined my membership. Could they work out how many years it was in between? And the average was over 41 years. Because people, people have a lifetime of thinking that they can't do something that they'd really like to do. And then when they realize you know, I had a lady who was probably in her 50s or 60s say I she was, uh, she'd had two goes at my content and, and was playing uh, Can't Help Falling in Love with You by Elvis. Just like, it probably lasted like 20 seconds of music. But her daughter ran downstairs and said, that's Elvis. And she, the, the thrill of that to her was, was worth it on its own. And she, you know, had been playing for, as I say, only a few days. And it didn't matter that if I sat down and played it, it would sound very different. That's, that's irrelevant. The benefits are not just associated to um, the quality of the music. Let's, let's, let's take some joy and pleasure in the simple achievements. Like I'm never going to speak German fluently, but I get a real kick out of the fact that I can speak like 20 words or something. Right. Because I enjoy it. You know? we can, there's pleasure in the basic achievements. Yeah, that's really cool. As we start to wrap this up then, for people who want to take their first steps in this, obviously one of the first steps or the first step is probably to go and grab your book, not another piano book, uh, which we'll give you the links to in a second. Uh, but aside from that, what are some of the first steps that people might want to take in pursuing this thing? Is it by is it by a piano or a keyboard or is it going find someone who's got one? What do we do? Well, I mean, like as, as you might imagine, I would say that the book, the book is basically mostly about what you need to do to get started, almost more than how you then sit down and start playing it. It's right. sort of motivational permission. It's like, this is what you're going to need. Um, but, you know, you're three quarters of the way into the book before you have one. Um, so it's it's... Don't be afraid to have conversations. Don't be afraid to ask people for help and sort of what you might need. I sit, I give my personal email out in the boot and say, email me if you're thinking of buying a keyboard and you've got no idea what all of these words mean. Um, you can get pianos for free on Gumtree and Facebook and stuff. People just give away old pianos. But uh, don't feel like you've got to spend a fortune. You know, two to three hundred pounds, you will be set up for something that could potentially last you for life. We're not talking about huge quantities of money. I just, I think that don't be afraid to ask ask for advice you know what's what's it like when you buy the first anything that we buy in life the first time you buy it get a builder or the first time you buy a car you you ask ask people to know about it so i'm more than happy for people to reach out to me and just ask for help i love that really cool so mark if people want to grab the book or they want to find out more about you and your membership and the courses and everything else that you do tell us where do we go so you can get the book uh, directly from notanotherpianobook.com and uh, my membership is called Piano Legends. Uh, so you can go to markdicksmusic.com slash Piano Legends and all the information is there. Amazing. Folks, if you want to check out the full notes and the links to the book and the resources mentioned in this episode, then just head over to successunlock.com forward slash piano, where we're going to put comprehensive notes and everything that you will need. Mark, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much indeed for having me. 
All right. How cool was that? I think there are so many lessons to pull out of this episode, not just related to music and like the benefits that it has, because there are so many mentally, physically, uh, and in terms of like, there are loads of skills that you'll start to adopt as well, but also there are so many lessons and parallels that you can pull out of this to put into other areas of your life as well. So at the same time as mastering music or having a go, at least that's all I'd be doing. Then on the flip side of that, you can also start to figure out some of the lessons here. Like it's never too late to start something new, the important habits that you need to be successful with anything, the importance of finding uh, joy in the small victories and the willingness to just get up and keep going and have another go. Now, finally, before you go, if you've enjoyed this this episode and I know you have make sure that you leave a review on your favorite podcast player or if you're watching on YouTube then drop a comment down below with your biggest takeaways what you, what is it you're going to do from here a really nice review or a comment really helps go a long way towards helping more people get the benefit of this content and like I said make sure you subscribe either to the podcast or on YouTube because I'm back here with a brand new episode like this every single week and you've got a busy life so I'd hate for you to miss out on it smash the subscribe button and I'll see you same time same place next week here at success unlocked you've been listening to success unlocked don't forget to stop by at successunlocked.com for full notes and resources from this and every other episode then subscribe so that you don't miss out on anything